Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The back row boys are back. Uh, talking some White Sox. Talking some Cubs. Uh, I have officially thawed out. Thawed out from opening day. Uh, Steve P here with Hutch. Um, you didn't go to the to the White Sox home opener. I did not. I had to work. Uh, you're I'm lucky. Glad I didn't go. The weather was like I, Major League Baseball, and somebody posted this. You know, because of climate change or whatever, they need to start looking at stuff. There's no reason to have outdoor games in the Northeast and the Midwest in April anymore. Right. You got plenty of teams in California, plenty of teams in Texas and Florida. Atlanta in Georgia. I mean, let's just, you know, start packing the schedule uh due to weather. I mean, you got what? Two games canceled? Just one. In just one? Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, they could have played it. I'm sure they were just like uh well, the I, schedule yeah, they, was stupid anyway. Right? I mean, well, yeah. I, I Friday it's snowing, but it just it was, Sunday was miserable. It I was froze. Worse. It was colder Sunday than it was Friday on opening day. Now, granted, opening day you have your forty-two thousand people there, but they're going to get it in no matter what. But I, I, I really believe that fr- Sunday was colder, and it was drizzly, and it was drizzly all day. You know, it's been terrible. Friday was awful. Yeah, I mean, I think March was warmer than than April's been. I mean, I have no stats February, in front of me on that. February, February was nice. Was what was Warmer. the day I went and played golf on a? It was like sixty five in well, February, we played, or was that we, March? It was the first week of March. First week of March is when yeah. we played on that Tuesday. Yeah, and we haven't been able to play on a Tuesday since. I froze last night. Oh. Uh, I sit in the kind of low uh, on the right field side, uh, you know, first baseline, and the wind was coming right from the northwest, and the flags were just pointing right at me, and I just froze. It was. As as much fun as the game turned out to be, it got more and more miserable because, you know, the Cubs aren't hitting, you know, Lester keeps leaking runs, and we're just getting colder and colder. Well, and not only that. The, it's hard to cheer. It's, if you're going to play a game in April, you can't play it at 7 o'clock at night. I, I think the Cincinnati guys were kind of like, why is this a night game? Yeah. It, it would have been a sense. little warmer. I don't remember ever an opening night. Right. Opening and game. And now they're going to play tomorrow night again. Yeah. I'm going to freeze. Why are they playing them at 7 o'clock at night? It doesn't make any sense. At least opening day for the White Sox was at 3. Well, when, can when, you imagine what it would have been like at 7? Oh. Everybody, the hottest uh, part of the day is, is from, like, at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Well, at this time of year, yeah, right. So to start a game at seven, even starting it at three, is if you want to like give let people work half a day and yeah. then go to the ball game or whatever, right? Um, but yeah, to, I couldn't believe it. when when we first looked at the schedule because we didn't think we were going to do a show today because you were going to be at the ballpark and we realized that it was a day uh, off. Yeah, the day but off. But then we realized that the Monday game was at night. Yeah, it was like, yeah, why is it at night? Because it wasn't an ESPN game where. I don't the know. The schedule would be at 7 o'clock. 
They made a big deal about it. You know, we're walking to the park. There's like um, some guy rented out a plane that said, Bill, you Murray me. You know, the the fixed wing with the banner behind yeah. it. There's three helicopters kind of stationed up looking at things. I mean, it was like, it was big news. Even my sister who hates baseball was like, hey, send me a picture from your seats if you're at the games. Like, okay, sure. You know, um, it was special. There, there were the, For the people that, you know, were watching it on TV, there were a couple of cool things I'll mention that didn't make TV because naturally as a maniac, you know, I DVR the game and then go home and watch it on TV after I just sat through it. I was so cold, literally. I went home and went under the covers and laid in bed for an hour and a half to get my core temperature back up. That's how cold I was. Every part of me was cold. And, you know, the temperature dropped as the game went on. Of course. And then the wind dropped for a while, and it was okay. And then the wind came back again, and I was just like, we were so miserable. So seventh inning comes around, and, you know, Jill's like, we should leave. And I'm like, let's let's give it one one or two more hitters because this guy looks tired, and I know we can hit their bullpen. Their bullpen's terrible, Cincinnati's. And it turned out to be right. So um, one of the, one of the things that I found fascinating – and I had been curious about, so, you know, I bring binoculars and, you know, I pay attention to some things. Uh, last year, Rizzo was always the guy to lead the team out of the dugout. You got two new guys now. You got Zobrist and you got uh, uh, Jason Hayward and you got J- John Lackey. Um, the Cubs were loose during the pregame introductions and kind of making faces and stuff like that. But what they didn't show, they didn't show on TV the uh, Cincinnati introductions and Joey Votto came out and you know you, you kind of go down the line and kind of high five people he was he kind of turned and started going down the line almost I think he was trying to make himself look like Rizzo when Rizzo was going to take on the whole team because the Cubs show that in their like Rizzo commercial they actually show him like you know going after a Roldis Chapman and there's like you know 25 reds in front of him and it's just Rizzo like ah, you know and I think Votto was kind of dissing him on that. Okay. Um, the other thing was when Rizzo came to lead everybody out of the dugout, no one came. All right. So there's Rizzo all by himself, and everybody, you know, he, he got literally past the pitcher's mound before anybody came out of the dugout. And I'm like, okay, are they pranking Rizzo? Because this is pretty cool that they're pranking each other before, you know, the ball game. I think it shows you, like, where this team is at. They got their new clubhouse. Um, Looks pretty cool to me. Yeah, uh, it, it'll, it'll it's just going to be kind of interesting. Um, there wasn't anything otherwise remarkable about the game. I don't know, like Jim Deshays and and Len Casper didn't really hit on this, but I'm sure if you listen to uh, the radio show, somebody must have. Um, this manager on on the on the Reds is is moronic. He's got a kid. I don't know how old he is. He's in his 20s. Right. Never pitched more than 106 pitches or something in his life. He's got, okay, he's got a no-hitter going, but it's really not a no-hitter. I don't even think it was that high. I think he had never thrown 96 pitches. Well. It was, I mean, he was, he was in the. He was so tired, he couldn't get a change up to the plate against David Ross. And eventually, Ross just kind of like swung his bat and knocked one out of the infield. No, but I mean, a, it was a pretty nice easy rolling, pitch to hit. It was a rolling curveball. Yeah, there was nothing on it. Yeah. And then he goes and walks the next guy. There's no reason on earth he should have faced the next guy. No, not at all. 
the the manager after the game says basically, well, he wasn't going to go past the seventh inning anyway. And it's like, well, then why are you having him even try to finish? Mm-hmm. Nobody's up in the bullpen. I know it's a cold night and everything, but literally he didn't have anybody up. So now after you give up the hit, now a couple of guys start shuffling around. And I'm looking at the catcher. He's right in front of me like I don't want to get up. Yeah. You know, they were saying on TV that if, like, you know. Yeah, you saw the game on TV. Yeah, if if. He was at like just say ninety two pitches or something in the seventh inning, and they're just like, well, you know, he he's never thrown. I th- I think they said ninety more than ninety six, but so they're just intimating. Well, if you know, I mean, if he gets up to one hundred and ten, one hundred and fifteen, he's not going to finish the game. So the only thing I was thinking was that the manager's thinking that if he gets out of the inning in eight pitches, he's going to bring him back in the eighth. And then he would have to get out of that inning in eight pitches. He had, then, there was no then, way he was going to finish right. that game. So it didn't make any sense why nobody was warming up and what he was thinking. And then I totally agree with you, which is what I thought. When David Ross finally got this hit, the hit, it was like, why is he pitching to the next okay. guy? Yeah, I mean, okay, now you have no no-hitter. It would have been one of the crappiest no-hitters in history. You were talking about Edwin Jackson walked like eight guys. Yeah. He walked like five guys. There were two or three wild pitches. They made two real nice catches early in the Edward game Jackson in the alley. Like 148 pitches and walked eight guys. So this guy, at least his pitch count was down. Well, I, I'm but just Edward sort of. Jackson was a veteran at the time and had thrown a lot of, had been able to throw that many pitches. This guy had never done it. Well, uh, there was, you could, he was visibly, to come out and start the seventh inning, he didn't have anything left. Right. So I, I'm like, why are you leaving a guy out there tired? When you know he's not going to finish the game anyway, and if it's going to be a no-hitter, it's going to be a team no-hitter, which right. I don't think they count anymore. I mean, what circumstances could, was going to allow him to to get through nine more outs? None. None. So why was, are you even trying? It was impossible. Yeah, it couldn't be done. No. I mean, I guess, you know, if we swung at the first pitch every time and, you know, hit a ground ball to third, you know, maybe you're going to do it that way. But and the no. odds of that was like less than 1%. Yeah, well, I mean, he had like five walks, two wild pitches. We had guys on second base three times. You know, Brian ended up with like, that was a two-base error the third baseman made. I mean, it was a matter of time before when we I, were When I score. first saw that play, I was like, wow, their first, because I thought the ball hit the bag. Oh, yeah. And then they showed the replay, and the guy went, ole! Yeah. From, from, where I, from where I was, I was like, I don't think there's any way they can not make that oh, error. Yeah. I mean, he it just, was I, – I couldn't tell how close to the line it was, but the oh, guy was, was right. He hit it right to him. He yeah. was playing him on the line, right. and sure enough, there it That's was. That's why I thought it hit the bag. Yeah. And then they show the replay, and it's just like, ole! There, his glove just goes, wee! Yeah. <laughs> um, and he actually did, played a pretty good third base all game, but – um, yeah, he just totally gaffed on that one. Yeah, there were, you, you know, the fans kind of around where I was sitting were were starting to get a little snarky um, about Lester. They were starting to get on Lester a little bit. And I'm like, it was a typical John Lester start in the sense that, you know, Soler goofed up in the first inning, threw to the wrong base, and instead of having first and third, you had second and third. Lester gets a ground ball to short that would have been a double play. Instead, you, you, you're driving in a run. And you got another run around third. Lester gets the next guy out. One run, big deal. Cubs are swinging at the first pitch, like the first trip through the lineup. I think that that was more a matter of like the lighting wasn't really good. The lights hadn't taken effect yet. And the sun was setting. I don't. Or they're trying to ambush this kid. Like we take so many pitches, we take so many pitches. Let's let's all swing at the first pitch and see what happens. Maybe we can you know get a run. 
Then Billy Hamilton hits a homer. So, you know, in the annals of, like, stupid home runs, this was up there with Ozzie Smith off of Tom Needenfuhrer, <laughs> which if you ever meet Tommy Lasorda, that's the thing to ask him. Ask him, how about that Ozzie Smith homer against you? And he will either smack you in the face or, or just turn so red, maybe have a stroke. So maybe don't ask him. But <laughs> Okay. Um, and then the third run Lester gave up was this typical, he could have picked off Brandon Rogers, didn't want to throw to first. Rogers Brandon got Phillips. back. Brandon Phillips. And then, uh, you know, he steals Who third. Brandon Rogers. He's a dart player in Syracuse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? For those of you I've that don't know. Never heard of that guy on a major league roster before. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brandon Phillips. And and he had a running start stealing third. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, John. He ignored him. And they Ross still almost threw him yeah. out. I mean, to throw a little bit closer to the bag, maybe He's they out. get him. But And then that guy scores on a ground ball. And Lester gave up a lot of runs like that last year. For a guy whose ERA was like 3.2, Easily, if he could figure out a way to stop this ridiculousness, it would have been more like 2.2 because he's given up a, a, like maybe a run a game, basically being unable to deal with base runners. Right. Um, so, okay, so they, you know, in the seventh inning now, they had the nice seventh inning stretch. You know, they had, uh, it was kind of funny. They had Billy Williams, Ryan Sandberg, and Fergie Jenkins come out to throw the first pitch, and I'm like thinking, you should all throw them to the same guy. Just as a gag, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't. That was too bad. Um, who sang the seventh inning? Str- oh, they did. Right. Okay. So the three Hall of Famers. Right. Um, I don't remember if they said, let's get some runs, because I was thinking of at least say, let's get some hits. But, okay, so Ross singles, and then this this dead tired starting guy, uh, Finnegan, is yeah. that his name, uh, walks the next hitter. Was it Russell? Who did he walk? Yeah. Walked Russell, so now you got two on. I think there were two out. There were two out. So in, in the meantime, as he's walking Russell, these two guys run up and start getting loose. And immediately one's in the game. And they stalled a little bit on the mound. You know, I, I swear I, I said to Jill, I'm like, you know, the catcher's been out there, you know, 15 times in the game. Mesoraco kept going out there talking to him. So it's like. What are you, Yachty? By the way, are you Yachty guy, Molina? Or that what? guy needs to learn how to block a pitch. Mesoraco. Oh, my God. Were those God. all on him? Oh, the one, you should see the replay. His glove is backwards. Like this? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, all right, he's left-handed glove. The ball is coming in from a left-handed pitcher, and his glove is backwards. On his left side. He's going to sprain a thumb that way. Yeah, and, and oh. then, I mean, it's like, that's not you how you block a pitch. And there's yeah. runners on base. It's like it was the worst fundamental thing I, you could possibly do, especially at that level. It did get by him. And that's the one that got by him and moved it's everybody up. the second up. one. Yeah, the it was second the one. second one that got by And I was just like, you can't, how do you? How do you do that? I don't know. I caught for nine years, and you know maybe I was a natural or something, but nobody had to teach me not to do that because that just didn't work. Yeah, everybody kind of knows. But you that. know, but you know the breaking ball is so, coming, right? Yeah. So, so he's reaching is, across. Your body is supposed to go to the left with the breaking ball. Yeah. But he turns his turns his mitt the opposite way. How are you supposed to catch that? I ball? don't know. I I, I really don't it know. Was, it, I I was amazed. I was like, well, that's just that's a wild pitch. But that's the worst attempt I've seen at blocking a ball in a long time from a guy that's been on a major league roster for a couple of years and has talent. Well, he was hurt 
he missed a lot of time last yeah, year, but I mean but, they were high on him. He yeah. was like uh, you know the top up and coming catcher a couple of years ago. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that was yeah just, defensively. Was, I mean the ball the ball was getting by him. I don't know. If he's getting crossed up. I mean you know it's kind of hard to tell, but. You know, so literally they hurry up. They get a couple of guys up. You know, they stall. So he walks. Uh, uh, no, actually, he walks Caesar. And then, uh, so now Fowler's up because Ross hit eighth. So so Ross singled, and then they walk Matt Caesar, who pinch hit for the pitcher. And then uh, they bring up Fowler, bring in a, a new guy and, and turn Fowler around. Fowler walks on like five pitches. Only two of them look like they were even close. Then they bring in Singrani, and I'm like, yay. Because I don't think that guy's very good. And Hayward, you know, smacks one, and it's a two-run single, and now we're in business. And then eh, Bryant rolled over on one, so it's three to two. Um, And now I'm not leaving. Right. Right, even though I'm now getting colder and colder and colder. So it turned out to be a fun game, Um, and I was glad that, right. that we stayed to the end. Rondone. That last strike was a bit of a gift, but I oh think... Oh, my God, was that ridiculous. Uh, I, there were you know, a couple of other called strikes I, I saw that I was like, seriously... It didn't matter. The outcome was pretty much in I, the books anyway. Yeah. But that last strike was... Yeah. The umpire was like, I'm cold, too. Yeah. That was... I've seen enough. Awful. You're not going to be able to hit this guy. Yeah, let's let's just, was, you know, let's take just a day off. Now, but, which, you know, that, that happens. And, yeah. You know, look, it, wasn't, it wasn't a 3-2 pitch with the bases loaded and, right. you know, things like that. But uh, that was definitely a gift. You know, the, but uh, that was my thought was, like, uh, the umpire's cold. The the <laughs> importance of, of this win, I think, for the Cubs was... Well, I mean, not only not only the fact that they won, it, you know, you know, they're six and one, but that's their first win in six opening days, which is you know six home openers, six home openers, and you know, with with all the uh, anticipation of of how the season's supposed to go, winning your opening day is good. Coming from behind, I mean, you know, they, you know. They proved they're never – which they proved last year that they're never out of a game. And oh, I think – They're never going to be out of a game this year. You know, the the fact that your shortstop who's hitting, like, I don't know, under 200 at the time and is, has kind of struggled but hit five homers in the spring, for him to jack one – I mean, I stood up the minute he hit it. I'm like, I know this one's gone. And we got kind of fooled in the first inning, especially we thought Bryant's was gone and it wasn't. Um, I was so happy for Addison Russell. I, yeah. I, I like the way this kid just kind of puts general, his head down and plays baseball. Just in general, though, the way that the season started for both our teams is basically a carbon copy of what we wanted. Yeah, I think, you know, for for the White Sox, you know, you're kind of keeping – your starters keep you in the game every game, and you're, you're finding a way to score enough runs to win. Right. Um, I Nothing too spectacular. Right. I no. mean, it's not like somebody's got seven home runs or anything like right. that, but you're getting different contributions every day. Yeah. You've caught the ball decently so far. Right. Right. I, I don't know how many errors uh, you guys have, but I don't know. I don't either. But, you know, but yeah, they're not, you know, the, the uh, Cleveland game that they won uh, after Salazar pitched really well was the game where Cleveland made all the mistakes. They made the the, the stupid uh, errors, the bad base running plays, um, you know, what the White Sox used to do last year. You know, Robertson's got three saves already. Their bullpen's pretty good. Nate Jones has looked good. Nate Jones has looked good. He did, 
he did have a, a little bad of an outing, I believe, in Oakland. But uh, Albers just looked good. You know, so they're getting the ball the eighth inning, or seventh, eighth inning, you know, and uh, Katana finally got a win. Uh, Sale hasn't looked dominant, but he's won both games. He's kept him, you know, three runs. Yeah. Um, but it, it's basically, you know, the, the White Sox are going to have to win more with pitching and bullpen, timely hitting. The Cubs have better starting pitching. And, uh, eh, eh, but, you know. Artists, first round through. We we probably did. Right. Uh, uh, Arietta got actually gave up a couple of uh, what three runs in his last start. Everybody's like freaking out, and I'm like, I wouldn't freak out about that. I would just be like, you know, at least it's not Zank Greinke. You know, Greinke's yeah. getting killed. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's a good start to the season, especially you know the the Cubs. You don't have to worry about it as, as much. The White Sox with their you know brutal opening schedule. You know, if they would have. Won one out of four in Oakland, and one out of two against Cleveland. Granted, the, you know with the the rainout, you know you're looking at uh, you know yeah two you know and, two and five. Yeah, you're already you're already a couple of games back of Kansas City and Detroit. Detroit's been hitting the ball really good. Yeah. Kansas City's been winning. So Kansas City won today, so they're five and two. But you're even with them in the loss column, which is you know the way I look at it, you know, early in the season because people are playing a different number of games. I just look at the loss column. Right. You know, right now, uh the Cubs are a couple up on Pittsburgh. They're a couple up on on the Cardinals. Great. Yeah. So far so good. I mean it's a long season. You can't get too, you know, amped up. But to start the season six and one, um, who would not take that? By the way, did the the lone loss. Yeah. Did you notice that David Ross like lost his mind? He, it's on like the he, game-winning hit. Well, he, it's almost as if he forgot how many outs there were. Well, or he forgot that it was the bottom of the ninth and that was the winning run. Yeah, he was going to pick was gonna, the guy off yeah. between first and second. I was like, he just lost his head. Yeah. It was, it's, it's just funny. It, it didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. It, but it was just it was hilarious because all of a sudden the guys, the guys running – to, to score the game-winning run and the game's over, he picks up. He the might short have hop. been thinking that that guy was lollygagging, and if we get him out before the guy scores, oh. we're good. Well, were the, that well, that's the rule. Yeah, I that get has it. happened. I get it, but it was yeah. It was funny. I, I, when I, I went, saw that, I was I like, went, "What oh are you my doing?" <laughs> hey, he he was looking pretty spry last night. You know, on on it was a just night funny. that it's hard to be productive. I mean, uh, you know, I I doubt it was as cold oh, for the players as it was for the, the way, fans. I don't. But. I didn't hear any backlash because you know Joe Madden doesn't get any backlash. But were you not watching that game saying there's no reason to pitch to Goldschmidt in that situation? Um, well, out of all people, why would you let him beat you? It's a man you know, on third, and there's two outs. It wasn't so much that he beat you because that was the tying run. It was actually the other guy that beat you on a pitch that was like. Yeah, but why dumb. would you give that guy the opportunity to tie the game? Well, the the problem is that you know you're putting extra guys on base, and the next guy's a home run hitter. You could make go from bad to I, really, really out of reach. I get it. That's that's I the main reason. But there's they, always a reason they were going to pitch to him in a certain way. And then if they walked him, they didn't care. But he didn't execute the pitch and put it where he was supposed yeah, to. Well. They had they had made Goldschmidt look bad the day before. Goldschmidt is like, but people in Arizona actually like worried his, about the guy. The sample size is like he was yeah. one one for four of, against Rondon with three strikeouts. Okay, but now he's two for five. Well, so at what point does the sample? That's not a big that enough, wasn't Rondon, but or it was uh, 
Strope. Yeah. Um, who's pitched like, you know, it was his third game in a row. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what Madden was doing with his bullpen. There's a column. If you go to the backrowboys.com, you know, that's where we post our columns. And there's one with me saying, I don't know what Madden is doing with the bullpen because you've got a bunch of guys that haven't pitched. Yeah, Travis Wood pitched every game, the first four games. Strope pitched three out of four. And I'm like, you got a 13-man pitching staff, and you keep trotting the same two guys right. out there. What, what, what is this about? I don't know. Are you trying to break one because you need a roster spot? You don't want to cut anybody? You want somebody on the DL? I'll, well, if you won't go on the DL on the sly, I'll make sure your arm is sore <laughs> kind of thing. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, it's it very puzzling. Funny. You mentioned the fact that uh, uh, the Reds announcer said that the, the Reds should be 7-0 and because yeah. they've blown two saves. And I'm thinking, well, the Cubs should be 7-0 and because they should have walked Goldschmidt. And, and never yeah, given they should have scored more runs. Well, in that game, they should have scored more runs. But that was sort of like, I think the team was getting over Kyle, and it was very dispiriting. I got to tell you, fans were crying. I, I was crying a little bit, a little bit of tears coming out when they when Kyle came out on his crutch and everybody gave him a hand because he is a he's an integral part of the core of this team. Mm-hmm. Even though he's only played seventy some games, he did hit sixteen homers. He had five postseason homers. I mean, he's a star on the rise. And he's one of our guys. I mean, the Cubs are like that now. Rizzo came out for his first at bat, and he had, like, Starling Castro's walk-up song that all the fans like as a tribute to Castro because he was a part of the team. Okay, we traded him, and we have Adam Warren now. But, you know, the Cubs' notion of family, that our guys, we're taking care of our guys, I think is going to be a reason people come to this team instead of other teams and, and maybe come here for less money than they might get somewhere else because they want to be part of the organization and the way these guys are doing things. And the new clubhouse obviously is great and everything, and you know the disco parties after the wins are great too, but I think that that's better than the Ron Sano clicking his heels thing. Yeah. You have a, some, a disco ball and a smoke machine in the locker room and like let's turn this into a nightclub. You know, these guys can't just go across the street to sluggers and have a beer. They'll, you know, something bad will happen. Right. So if they're going to, like, hang in the clubhouse and bond after a win, great. So be it. And keep the media out. Let them deal with, you know, let them deal with their stuff, you know. There's always stuff to deal with. Um. Yeah. No, but it was fun. Regardless. I, I, it was cold, but it was fun. Regardless, it's a good start to the season for both teams and – you know, kind of, yeah. I mean, you you basically said that you guys were going to be, you know, probably playing close games and stuff like that. Minnesota's winless. You got to like that. Cleveland is struggling, but Detroit's hitting the ball and Kansas City's playing well, so you're in it, right? You know, there there's no separation between you guys right now, and you're going to have to stay with them because Kansas City lo- looks pretty good. Yeah, that whole we're only going to win 79 games, Pakota prediction is like just beyond stupid, annoying. Yeah. Well, I, I just I it, I don't understand I mean, why if if you if you have a uh, algorithm that comes spits something out like this that you know doesn't pass the smell test, tell how me, you're even going to publish it. Tell me how that affects Kansas City too. They're looking at this going. They're okay, being disrespected. They made two World Series in a row, and they're the defending yeah. World Champions. And, gonna... and the computer geeks are saying they won't even break five hundred. Right. That's well, gonna... okay. Let's show them again. How about let's give them some motive? They don't need motivation. What is it? The guy. Let's give them a big burger to eat. 
you know, uh, at the beginning of major league, at the beginning of the season, everybody thinks we should do better off if we just went home and shot ourselves. Yeah. But I'm forgiving <laughs> sports writers a big burger to eat, so let's go win. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the attitude I see coming out of Kansas City. Now, the uh, the National League Central is a little different. Um, Pittsburgh looks okay, but when you lose two out of three to Cincinnati, it's going to make you wonder. Right. And then the only game you win is, you know, crushing a grand slam off their – Cincinnati's bullpen is a hot, flaming yeah. mess. They think um, it's going to get better when all these guys on the DL come back because then some of the starters are going to be in the bullpen. Well, what they do? They swept Philadelphia. You had the best closer in yeah, baseball, yeah. and you swapped them. So yeah. you think Jumbo Diaz is, is going to help you? Well, you didn't help him last year well, at all. I, yeah. Again, I mean, it, it's just sort of like you're trotting these guys out here – their rebuild, I don't really understand what's going on. The Brewers are really bad. Everybody bad. thought they would be bad, and they are proving everyone right, so right. at least the first week of the season. So the Cardinals you know, got swept the first three games and then swept Milwaukee to go 3-3 three and three and then won again, and they're putting up double-digit runs So on Milwaukee's pitching staff. So the Cardinals aren't going away. Right. Right, so I mean, you know, the 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 National League Central is kind of shaping up to be the, t- the kind of three teams, teams yeah. that everybody figured. But you know, as a Cub fan, you worry that like, okay, you have all these on paper, you're this in spring training, you're this. Now the season started. What are you? Exactly what was promised, right? You know, well, and the biggest thing about the start of the season for me for the Cubs is the fact that they didn't necessarily hit the ball very well in spring training, and. You know, Not like the Sox did. Now you're coming out and averaging seven runs a game. Yeah, against and, major league pitching. Right. Okay, well, well, look, I mean, you, you went against two number one starters in uh, in Zach Greinke and in Garrett Richard. Mm-hmm. Two number two starters, right, because you had Shelby Miller and then the, the other guy from the Angels. I'm not sure he's really a number two starter, but that's the guy they trotted out there, right? Right. So you're, and, and then you, you got the, the prize of the uh, – uh, Finnegan was is supposed to become like a a really good starter. That was part of the trade. Uh, which trade was it? They've made so many Chapman trade. Maybe he was the guy that you know was supposed to be really good that they got for a role as Chapman. Okay, well we've we've faced good pitching from these guys, and we've scored. You know, we're averaging, I don't know, six and a half runs a game. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Six runs a game. When you have half your team isn't even hitting. Right? You're getting hits from your catcher. Right. But Addison Russell and, and Jorge Soler didn't really get it going. I mean, I thought Soler turned, maybe was going to turn it around when he got a homer and a sack fly in the last game in Arizona. But you, you had adversity, huge adversity. You, you lost Schwarber. You know, then lost the game, but now you won three, lost one, won three. Keep doing that for a couple of months yeah. and see what your record is. Right. I mean, so the starting pitching's been good. The bullpen has only given up uh, the two runs that they gave up to Arizona. They've been unscored on since then. Their they're walk-to-strikeout ratio is like one walk to like 20 strikeouts for the bullpen. He finally worked some people in. Adam Warren had his second appearance mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Now everyone at least has pitched. Neil Ramirez mopped up. Uh, got three up, three down, two strikeouts, and then a warning track uh, fly ball on uh, Sunday, the last game in Arizona. So you're looking at this team like, okay, I mean, you're rolling. 
and then then what happens? You come home to all this hubba blue, and you know maybe all the introductions bothered John Lester's warm up routine. You know maybe that's why he was a little off in the first inning. But fact is, you didn't you didn't drive in any runs, and now you're going to lose your home opener in front of these great fans. I mean they sell out. You look at some of the home openers; half the seats are empty. Right. You know you got no shows that are like oh it's too cold. You know. We ran into one Cubs fan who's got season. He's got I don't know how many sets of like prime season tickets. Run into him on the elevator. Hey, did you like the game? He's like, yeah. I'm like, did you go? He's like, I got a sixty inch TV. I'm too old to be sitting out there in the cold. <laughs> We're just laughing because it was cold. Yeah, it was so cold. By the time the game was over, I was like, oh my god, I can't take this. But the fact that they won it makes it all worthwhile. Sure. Right. And the and the and the style in which they won it. And how many walks this team gets and how disciplined they are at the plate is like, yeah, I can get used to this. I keep thinking of 1984. You know, that was the last time I looked at a Cub team as being like, yeah, this is our year. We're the best team in the league. I'm listening to Marty Brenneman say, no, I still like the Giants because of their experience. And I'm like, they've got – and their pitching is better. And I'm like, seriously, Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja and Matt Cain – yeah, against Lester and Lackey and Arietta and you know Baumgartner has been hit. Everyone's getting hit this year. How many guys? Matt Harvey's zero and two. Uh, Kluber's zero and two. Zach Greinke's zero and two. Shelby Miller's zero and two. Uh, Steven Matz just got roughed up for like seven runs in one yeah. inning. Right. I mean, it's not like all these pitchers are invulnerable. I mean, you know, you never know how a pitcher is going to bounce back from a good year. Who's like never pitched that many innings before. You don't worry about veterans like Lester and Lackey who do it year after year and kind of know yeah. how to take care of themselves. And you know, I, I know Lackey gave up I'd some be, runs. I'd but. be more worried about a team like Washington that was supposed to win it last year and has a bigger chip on their shoulder than uh, you know a San Francisco. Now their pitching staff isn't as good since they lost Zimmerman and stuff like that. But well, but they still have a talented team and. They and, still have Max Scherzer, yeah. and they still have Steven Strasburg, and they and you know now they got that Roark guy back right. in the rotation who looked really good two years ago. Uh, they still have Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean I don't know what they're going to do if anything happens to Harper, and then I have questions about some of their position players that have underperformed. Right, the, like Jason Worth, is he done? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I you know, stuff like that. But they, they've got younger guys that are coming in, and that's a pretty good team. You've got Papelbaum hasn't blown a save, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, and the Mets are 2-5. and five. Right. The Mets have as many home runs as Daniel Murphy has well, for that's Washington. Thing. You, know? you know, the Mets are losing to Philadelphia. The Reds got to beat Philadelphia three straight games. Yeah, they the Mets, swept them. The Mets are losing to Philadelphia, and uh, – you know, so the bottom feeders like that we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, the Reds pad their resume by beating them, but then Philadelphia goes into the Mets and takes two out of three. So the Mets are losing to them. So, you know, the teams that you're supposed to beat, you're not. And, uh, you know, yeah, and this the Cardinals is supposed, yeah. and Pittsburgh beat up on each other, which is good for the Cubs. And you know, Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's best. Somebody was – we were kind of back and forth on Twitter – yeah, I kind of wouldn't it be better for for them to kind of go two and one as opposed to no. and and then I'm thinking you know what I have no problem with the Cardinals losing three games in right. a row. I mean I don't know no, that you the know Cardinals are better is, than the Pirates. What's right best now. is the Cardinals lose three at Pittsburgh and then when they go play three at St. Louis, St. Louis wins all three and they're so they split. Yeah, and they just 
give give each other yeah. losses. So if we go in and beat them, then we're we're gaining right. something. You win two yeah. out of three, and yeah. Well, this is supposed to be a week off. Colorado's been hitting homers out of sight. Yeah. So uh, th- it's Tuesday the twelfth. Did we say that? Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow night we play. Uh, and Hendricks is pitching, and then Hamill's going to pitch Thursday. During the that's a day game, and then we got day games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, where hopefully the weather will get better. The White Sox are where they are uh, still in Minnesota they're tomorrow. Still in Minnesota tomorrow and Thursday. Correct. And then they're going to Tampa. Right. Well, okay. See, why didn't they play Tampa earlier? I guess not everybody can be in Tampa. Tampa was playing Toronto. Toronto's got a, a roof. Yeah, I, you, you, I, I'm I mean, not exactly sure how that all works. I mean, well, I don't think anybody really knows. But I mean, they, the fact right. is, is you've got like, I mean, they they started the Cubs and the White Sox both out on the West Coast this year, which is great. And then Cleveland gets to start at home and then go to Chicago. Chicago. I yeah. Mean, it's just so like, good luck playing around the Great Lakes in April. Yeah. I mean. Everybody knows that you're going to end up getting rainouts and right. stuff, and that that adds up. But you know, what t- I, that's what I don't understand is why did why do the White Sox ha- have to play just three games at home and then go on the road? I mean, so they play four on the road, three at home, and then four on the, ten road. On the road. You played three separate openers. You played two yes. home open, three home openers, three. one of yours and two of the other teams. Right? Uh, have you it, ever seen it's that? Really strange. Yeah. So I don't. Hey, I, uh, I guess I don't know. It, I I don't know. Major League but, Baseball is going to have to, you know, figure out a good way to run April. The, bottom you, line is, you know, and then you everybody's know, everybody's got to play it, so you might. As I know, well win. but you know, well, sure. I mean, you know, when when push comes to shove, I mean, it's not like the temperature's warmer in one dugout than the other, right? Or somehow, you know, the wind's going to die when you're on the mound. It, 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 it's really rough on the fans. It's mm-hmm. going to affect your gate receipts. Right. I mean, once opening day is over, who's showing up? Nobody. I mean, I'm looking at highlights. You know, I could you know look at quick pitch or something on MLB Network. There's empty seats all over the mm-hmm. place. Who wants to go watch those? Sit in the you know, it's not a football game, right? And there's 81 games. Which because, ones do you well, want exactly, to go to? Yeah. You know, I'll skip the ones in April. Thank you. Yeah. You know, there's talk about shortening the season because you know the postseason's played in terrible weather a right. lot of times. You could bring back the double header. You know, well, yeah, but the once teams know totally in advance. Well, you know, you could have day night Sunday yes. double headers, I right. guess. You know, I mean, the owners are uh, need to look at the bottom line in terms of like maximizing their attendance as well as their TV ratings. Well, look, I mean, weekdays in April are never going to be sellouts. Right. You know, so why not, you know, figure out a way to maximize your games in the summertime you know get you know have two game series in april with a day off in between so you know you can work out the rainouts then and then teams will know when the double headers are and the league can make a rule on double header days you could bring up an extra pitcher mm-hmm. okay it handles Which everything they have that kind of rule anyway uh do they yeah I think that's that's if it's a rescheduled right, exactly. kind of something like that. So yeah, yeah. So but if you schedule the double headers, you can have the same rule. Yeah. The White Sox now have to play a double header in the end of May because of their Sunday rainout. Yeah, and then pack them. You so know, they're going to get to bring up an extra pitcher for that game. So when you schedule the double headers, you have the same rule. They used to always have like 
doubleheaders on the 4th of July, doubleheaders on Memorial Day, doubleheaders on Labor Day because everybody's off. I mean, if you got creative, I bet you that there's a way that you could actually do this that that would the fans would like and would get more seats or more butts in the seats. Right. You know, and move some of these early season weekday games to weekends in the summer. How many do you need? Six? If you move six of them, can you start the season a week later? Right. Or end the season a week earlier? I mean, you, you're, you're looking at the Cubs they'd were going to play the World Series on Halloween. the season a week earlier, and you know. Well, yeah, I mean. So you're not playing in a. a why, why are you playing in November? Right. I mean, nobody wants to see that. You, you know, you're lengthening, you know, because you've got Chances the wild card are thing November's and everything. going to be worse than April. Yeah. Well, you want to stay away from November. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, the, if the season is over, like, on the 25th of September, then the World Series is over by the August 27th. October, okay, right. well, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, then what happens if, you know, it, it, you actually get rainouts and now you have to push them into, er, you know, into Halloween? Well, now, well, you know, play on the 7th of November? Uh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I don't know. It's something that Major League Baseball is going to have to address. We already told them how to fix the umpiring in a separate podcast. So doing our public service. Uh, you got anything else? No. You want to go to the game tomorrow? I'm debating. Why don't you come? We'll do a podcast from the seats. We'll we'll discuss it after the show. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Uh, don't forget articles. Uh, they pop up periodically, so subscribe or you know just stop in to thebackrowboys.com every day and check it out. There's no ads or anything. It's not clickbait. Just a couple of Chicago baseball fans keeping it real. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.